tons of people who are involved in this decision, and it there are so many factors that weigh in, right? And I I don't it's 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 a sad reality, right? Like I I don't advocate collateral damage in war, but it happens and it's a reality and people have to make those decisions. War is not clean. And it's just unfortunate. And I um when we were working uh we were working in the Middle East and I was working with a Delta Force guy and he was the nicest guy ever, like a family man. He um he had actually like his own nonprofit that like helped women learn self defense and just the nicest guy. And he was teaching this triage class and starts telling this story about you know, missions where he went in, like, his missions were specifically to go in and kill people, right? Like, you and your team are going to go into this place, you are going to kill the people there, like, you know, very close range shooting or hand-to-hand combat, like, telling stories about team members that he lost on those missions, um... And so I asked, I asked them, I was like, what kind of psychological care do they give you? Because there's no way. So for the CIA, they do a ton of psychological testing. Beforehand. Yes, before they hire you. So I'm assuming that part of all the special forces is... This, the policies that are made mm-hmm. and you know how effective they are. Yeah. And I think it, it might have been part of... Uh, one of Snowden's recent documentaries where he mentioned that. Yeah. And it's definitely, I mean, I believe in checks and balances, right? And I think that there should be checks and balances in place. There should be reviews in place. I think sometimes that either doesn't happen or it goes, you know, there's just too much um, pressure. Um, Like the whole, uh, you know, waterboarding, um, you know, and I, there, I don't agree with everything the government does, but. Yeah. Well, what, I mean, it is kind of interesting that he is in Russia right now, <laughs> and he's living like normally yeah. in Russia. I mean, do you think there's some sort of like weird leverage thing going on between Russia and the United States by by Russia mm-hmm. letting him stay there? My guess is that. They, he, my guess is that he knew enough leaving that it was worth them keeping him. So I mean, it's not, it's not like it's going to ruin the relationship between the U.S. and Russia. He's like in the grand scheme of things, a small potato, but he having him there and having his knowledge, you know, is beneficial for Russia. Like they can spend years asking him questions about things. Right. Because he lives there and they've given him, is he a citizen now? I think so. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure, but. So, yeah, it's it's in their best interest. It's like no skin off their nose to let him live there. And it's in their best interest to have him there and have access to him and I wonder what they questions. Would, I wonder what they would do, though, if the U.S. said that they would we would take him back and basically wipe him of all his mm. his charges. I wonder if they would let him come back. 
That's interesting. I don't know. They probably would. I mean, how beneficial would it be for them? Like they already they already know in theory, because I don't know the man, but they know he's not like strictly loyal to the United States right. government, right? So why not let him come back? See what it more information even, he can get. It might even be risky for the United States to let him back because they might think yeah. that he's now, you know, working for Russia or providing some sort of yeah, in, I mean, information to other countries now. I mean, it's kind of yeah. He'd be followed by FBI forever. Right. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Like, yeah. So. so, what is, in your opinion, what is like the overarching view of the United States from these other countries that you visited? So, like, what is their perspective? I'm sure you spent a lot of time talking to a lot of different people. Yeah. So, um, I can speak mostly for Asia. Um, and the perspective there is really interesting because the United States has a lot of influence throughout Asia. Um, just historically from World War II. Um, but China is their actual neighbor. And China has a longer history with all of the Asian countries, so like East Asian, Southeast Asian. And it's really impressive to see the fine line that the like ASEAN basically countries walk, right? Like they want, they don't, China's aggressive, so they don't really want to be like under China's thumb, but the United States isn't going to step up in the way that they want them to step up all the time. Um, I know Obama did like an Asia pivot, but that changes president to president, right? Like whatever the focus is changes over time. Where China, like that is their backyard. So China's interested in having control over those countries through trade, having control of the waters for their navy. Um, so it's this really interesting dynamic of, you know, they like the United States. They see us as a power like a power for good, a power, an ally. But China's sitting right there, and they have to, like, they cannot ignore China. Like, if they had to choose, my bet would always be on China. Like, if they ever had to choose between who they were going to back, because America's far really? away, I think so. I mean, that's my, from my experience, because, you know, so sometimes America goes through its moods, right? Sometimes America just doesn't want to be involved. And they're like, well, America's not going to back us up, this president. Mm -hmm. You know, some, like, America's far away. So by the time it took us to do anything, like, China's literally sitting right there. And then, you know, the culture's a little bit different. Like, everything I was saying about, you know, you need to be able to put yourself into the shoes of the Thais, of the Cambodians, of the... Mm -hmm. Malaysians, right? Like, has America done a good enough job? Are diplomats doing a good enough job of doing that to be able to have those discussions, you know? Mm. So. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, it's so, it's so crazy how, you know, the different relationships between different, different countries that, mm -hmm. you know, are having to deal with 
you know, playing both sides or being a part of a tug of war between country, different countries, just because they're stuck in the middle of these two superpowers, like, uh, you know, right now with Russia and, uh, and the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So crazy. And America doesn't have as much sway as it used to. Um, we're a lot more globalized now. There are other countries that have come up. Um, so like in the, when we were in the Middle East, so I've never been to, I've never actually been to South Asia, but when we were in the Middle East, we were close enough to South Asia, so like India, Pakistan, um, that we, um, we met a lot of people from those areas there. And it was fascinating to watch the relationship there. Like America's not even like barely a consideration, um, you know, on certain things, but I mean, really like they are dealing with their neighbors, like in the Middle East and South Asia. Money to make money. Niggas gotta know that, you know what I'm saying? I feel like a lot of people, you know, go through what they go through because most of the times in their head, in their mind, they have limits. I feel like if you re- remove the limits that's in your mind, like for instance, if you say, okay, cool, this this month I'm finna make, this is like me, if I say, this month I'm finna make 50,000, then you probably make a little less than that. But if you, if you remove it, you know what I'm saying? If you remove the limit, just, man, I'm finna make, or dream big, like make it crazy. Don't just have a low limit to your life with anything that you do, like always think big, dream big, you know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that. Cause if you put a limit on anything, you're going to have the limit or lower. You feel me? So cut the limits out or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And always think big, dream big, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to say this. I'm going to say no matter how successful I get, I'm going to always be a student to, I'm going to always be a student to learning success, you know what I'm saying? No matter how big I get, I'm always be a student to learn the success because it's always going to be something that you don't know about that somebody in a better position can teach you. Some people be so like negative to certain situations that they block it out. But me personally, if you want to get successful, you always have to be a student to doors of opportunity that you never open. You know what I'm saying? Like. You gotta ask yourself, why is this person a millionaire? Why is this person a billionaire? Why is this person driving this? Why is this person living like this? That means something that they know that you don't know. So if you become a student of success, student of billions, student of millions, that's how it's gonna open a door for you. You can't be too negative. You can't be, you know what I'm saying? You gotta have confidence in yourself about everything that you do. So me, to you, I'm just saying, be a student, man, to success. Feel me? So I want to let y'all know a lot of people be DMing you about this, about that. You know what I'm saying? If you're trying to really get into details about stuff and you need help on anything, just subscribe to my OnlyFans. You know what I'm saying? There's there's going to be something on there you, you want to know or you need to know that can help you because I just feel like... I'm giving y'all secrets to all types of credit ways, primaries, this, that, you know what I'm saying? And I just feel like people just need to know about it, you hear me? So if you want to know, you know what I'm saying, stuff about life and how to get successful and stuff like that, 
Subscribe to my OnlyFans, man. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be in the bio, man. It's going to be... Also, go to my Instagram, Bandman underscore Kevo. My Twitter, Bandman Kevo. You feel me? Make sure y'all subscribe to my OnlyFans. Turn it up. cars right so i just felt like i need a sports car man like you know what i'm saying but not a sports car i need a v12 i need something that's fast but very luxury you know what i'm saying something that'll massage your seats you know what i'm saying something that'll really tee you up the right way though man you know tomorrow so i just came up with this way i'm just like okay yeah, let me turn on the seats and really turn this thing up the right way, though, gang. You know, come on, let's start this thing up. See how much I can get massage while I'm chilling in the back on recliner. You hear me? Okay, let's see. Let me see. Uh, let me see. Okay. Oh, there it go right there. That's it. That's it. Yes, sir. You dig me? You hear me? This is what I like right here, man. I'm, I'm riding. I'm cooling, gang. You know what I'm talking about? This is what I like doing. This is what I like doing. I can't. I'm rolling out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Y'all see how icy a nigga is, though, man. When I want to look at myself, man, I just look at myself in the mirror, though, man. You know what I'm talking about? Make sure I look that. I got to look presentable. You hear me? So I look at myself. I got to make sure everything on point, man. You know what I'm talking about? And I cool. I see. I got my feet. I got my feet out of everything, folks. You feel me? I ain't capping. I'm back here, though, man. You know what I'm saying? I wish they had a look. And if I get hungry, like, I'm, I'm down there finna go get me some root crisps or something, right? So what I do, right, these, these, these same way, these the same thing that come on a plane. So, you know what I'm saying? You, whoa, you feel me? I put my root crisps right here. Start blowing. You feel me? I put the root crisps right here. Why the seat massager? You hear me? And go crazy. <laughs> oh, I ain't faking. But yeah, this is what we do though, man. You know what I'm saying? I got the headphones in there. If you if you wanna if y'all wanna join me one of these days, you know what I'm saying? Hop in the car with me. We out of here, man. You know what I'm talking about? This is spaceship gang. We ain't doing no faking. Oh yeah, show the teeth. We ain't doing no faking. <laughs> yeah, I ain't capping. You it? This remote back in here though, man. We ain't doing no capping. Done. Right. Mm -hmm. You got 
Yep. Yep. But like that right there, that's what makes it worthwhile. Wow. Yeah, bro. Wow. Yeah, I got some stories, but that's that's one of my favorites because I remember like the, he was sloppy with the weed and it was everywhere. And I'm like, yeah, somebody come in here, I'm gonna be in the news. You know what I'm saying? My local motivational speaker, right, you know, right. brings drugs to school. Right. <laughs> wow. So yeah, amazing. So yeah, you're right. Because what you were saying, like, there's no, I don't think there's another career where you can just. Yeah, do that. So that's why I was saying, even if you take out the impact, I can't think of anything else where you, on the low end, on the low end, 2500 On the low end, the average price is 2500 I ain't charged that in 2500 to five grand. I ain't charged that in a long time, right? So, so being that that's the low end, like to get that really quickly, like one of my guys, Chris, I don't know if he would mind me sharing, but bro, he's going to do 200000 this year. Mm. Yeah, one of my guys seen he got. Huh? How'd you meet him before? Like where before he was two hundred thousand. Before that, where was he? Uh, he fifteen hundred. I got a video I can show you right now on my phone. I don't know if you can mix in the podcast. My man said, "Bro, you changed my life." He got his first ten thousand dollar speaking engagement. No, and when did did you connect with him when he was making what fifteen hundred? Yeah, he was. He couldn't get past that fifteen hundred dollar yeah. mark. And so when I showed my video to one, I was like, "Oh, boo, that's cool." I was like, he a little extra. She's like, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. You know what I'm saying? Don't make it seem like 10000 like when we first, our first $10,000 check, like don't act like you wasn't in tears. I said, oh, you right. <laughs> She's like, don't, you know what I'm saying? She's like, don't be acting break. Never came across this motherfucking video. Nigga got me mad like this. You faggot motherfucking bitch. That's what you is, Charleston White. That's what the fuck you is, nigga. Okay? How many times I got to make videos about your bitch ass, nigga? How many times I got to check your bitch ass? I told you, motherfucker, to watch what the fuck you say, you dumb motherfucker. Your bitch ass nigga. I don't agree with no motherfucking nation of Islam. The reason why I don't agree with them because they don't believe the same thing that the regular Muslims believe. They are not Sunni. Okay? They don't believe what we believe. They don't believe in life after death. They don't believe in judgment day, nigga. The Quran says clearly talks about judgment day and warns you of judgment day, motherfucker. All these books warn of judgment day. Okay? Now, you sitting here taking a risk talking about God and saying that he don't exist when you don't know what the fuck is out there in the motherfucking universe, you dumb motherfucker, okay? You ain't been on this motherfucking earth, nigga, no more than 40 or 50 years, you old, dope-fiend-looking motherfucker. Probably younger than me. I'm about to be 50 motherfucking years old, nigga. And your ass looks 65, motherfucker. Dolphine ass motherfucker talking all that motherfucking shit. If I don't got nothing good to say about somebody, I'm not going to say nothing at all. If somebody come at me and they got a problem with your bitch ass, then I got to come back and check your dumb ass again. Until you listen to what the fuck people are saying about your stupid ass nigga. I'm gonna put up, put in the music. People think, oh, I'm gonna go to the studio every day and one of these songs gonna be a hit. Yeah, one of them songs gonna be hit, but not if you don't got no money. You have to have some money behind the song, period. It ain't gonna work. Nobody's gonna hear 
you're only going to set yourself up for the beat these bigger artists who have money to be digging like they do these bigger artists they don't do anything but go on youtube find artists who don't got no money and steal their shit you feel me they steal their shit yes y'all know y'all heard about it oh man that was my song i made in 2015 that was my song i made in 2014 that is not fake that's all real they're gonna go take your song and switch that shit around so you need to stop putting out that fucking music and get a bag. Get the bag. You get more respect anyways from everybody. From the vloggers, from this person, from that person. They definitely want to see you come from the ground up, but they definitely want you to have everybody, like for me, right? I, like, I'm I'm assigned somebody, right? But me, I need a hustler like myself. You feel me? Like, you... Like, when you look at all these other artists who have these guys that they sign, notice that they sign big hustlers. Big time niggas that's getting money. Big, you know, niggas ain't really just going to sign and niggas that ain't got no type of hustle in them because it's almost like a drag. It's almost like a, you know what I'm saying? It's one of them like, damn, bro, you feel me? Like, niggas is looking for that. That hustling nigga, the nigga that make you excited when they come around because they always get to the bag. That's fun. You want a, you want a fun motherfucker like you know that they always got the world is watching us, homie. We ain't got no gladiators. We got Floyd Mayweather fighting Paul Logan. Man, we ain't got no niggas looking strong nowhere, homie. <coughs> we got a gay nigga fighting a begging nigga. Homie, the world, nigga, them Russians looking at us, everybody think they can whoop us now, homie. Man, the Mexicans calling us, yeah, we saying nigga, and ain't nothing y'all can do about it. The Asians saying, yeah, we using the word nigga. I dare y'all to say something. You see how much hate I'm getting from the Asian community. They disrespecting me publicly, calling me all kind of, and ain't no nigga saying, man, let's go to war with them Asians. Nigga, we looking weak. Our kids will be spit on, homie. Our kids will be treated like their ancestors 20 years from now. A motherfucker with me and your skin that look like me and you will be spit on by all these other ethnicities <clears throat> in this country, homie. <clears throat> we have to go beg. We got to go to them for our clothes. We eat at their restaurants. I ain't never in my life ate Chinese food. Never. I ain't never ate no other kind of food, homie. Oh, you never ate Chinese I food? I never ate Chinese food, ever in my life. Is it because you think they use I was raised not to eat them people food. Man, my grandmama and them taught us. Man, them people, no. They'll spit in your food. Man, them people don't. The kind of respect that the appropriate attitude of non-specialists uh, to specialists ought to be one of respect, not, um, uh, uh, not in necessarily enthusiasm. You shouldn't always accept what the expert says is to be as true, but you should be respectful of what they know and you don't. Um, and I think that that is an ongoing, unless you take great pains as a society to constantly um, reinforce that idea, 
that experts deserve our respect. Experts will not get respect. You're seeing, a, you're seeing a, this is on display right now, right? You have a group of lawmakers who have no respect for the expertise of uh, the economics profession. I literally saw a guy on TV the other day, uh, some lawmaker from somewhere, who's like, I don't know anything about economics. I'll, you know, I know something about what it takes to run a household or something. This is a guy who's in Congress. I mean, it's, that's, <laughs> that's problematic, right? Um, but you, there has to be a kind of... Um, uh, we, this is something that you, you can't ever let up on enforcing that as a core ethic in a, in a technologically complex society. Uh, expertise is at the heart of all progress, right? And you have to create the social conditions under which expertise is respected. And if you let, if, if you let down your guard at all on that, crazy things start to happen. You have people running around saying that they don't want to vaccinate their children, and you have people running around saying that it's fine if we defaulted in two weeks. And we have, you know, there's this kind of madness that will, that will, take, that will take, take over. So that's a, I mean, that's a, not an answer to the question because it's really hard to inculcate that, but the people in this room are, and me, we're all, we're the people who have to do that kind of work. Makes sense. Um, why don't folks start lining up uh, the mics? I think we have one out here. Uh, if you want to ask a question, uh, but I, I'll keep going on until uh, until you do. Um, as you think about all all the work that you have done, has there been an insight or two that you have captured that's really profoundly shaped your own behavior, your own life? Uh, that's interesting. Um, I, uh, well, Bl I, the book that, Blink, my second book was the book that affected my, uh, it so profoundly undermined my belief in my own capacity to make good decisions that I feel I floundered for several years after um, but in all kinds of ways, I just came away from that book um, realizing that the degree to which our, um, d d that we massively underestimate the role of the irrational in our own lives. Um, and we're constantly making up stories that make it sound to ourselves like we're behaving in a logical, commonsensical manner, and we're simply not. Um, you know, the, some guy, I, one of the guys I run with is a social psychologist, and he was telling me about this study that was done in recently where that looked at the, um, how the, um, the willingness of a judge to grant parole varied by the time of day. So right before lunch, judges are really, really crabby and don't grant parole at all. And then when they come back from lunch, their rates soar, right? 
That's the kind of thing where I would imagine that if you lined up all the criminal judges in America and you told them that, they would dispute that so vigorously, right? They're convinced that they approach every case the same, and yet you do the simplest analysis and you discover a very disturbing um, uh, pattern. Now, you know, maybe some part of that is artifactual, who knows? But it, it certainly merits some um, investigation, right? Well, I feel like there's that there's versions of that everywhere, and we're so resistant to kind of acknowledging that about our lives. Um, Great. Why don't we take one of the audience questions? Um, so I was really fascinated by your zeitgeist talk about elite institutions and thinking if we take Google as a potential elite institution. I'm curious your thoughts on the potential damage we may be doing to ourselves and our employees because not everyone here can be the superstar. And yet most of the people coming here were superstars before. Yeah. So I'm curious if you have any research or thoughts yeah. on the impact of that for organizations. Yeah, so this is a very interesting question. So how do you restructure organizations such that you minimize the psychological damage of people at the bottom of the hierarchy? So one way is to limit the notion of hierarchy, right? So what is the thing that is so toxic about uh, elite colleges in science and math programs is that necessarily there is a hierarchy. You give out grades, and you know where you rank, and you're in a classroom setting where you're all trying to do the same thing so you can easily compare yourself to your peers and know whether you're behind or... That, those conditions don't necessarily apply in the workplace. It's possible to construct workplaces that don't have the toxic element of hierarchy to the same degree. Right? That's the... We shouldn't give grades then at Google. Well, I don't know how you. I don't know how you. No, I mean it wouldn't be as explicit as grades, but I'm saying that there are. You can organize a workplace in a vacant, but like that right there, that's what makes it worthwhile. Wow. Yeah, bro. Wow. Yeah, I got some stories, but that's that's one of my favorites because I remember like the he was sloppy with the weed and it was everywhere, <laughs> and I'm like, yo, somebody come in here, I'm gonna be in the news. You know what I'm saying? My local motivational speaker right, you know, right. brings drugs to school. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, yeah. Amazing. So, yeah, you're right. Like, what you were saying, like, there's no, I don't think there's another career where you can just, yeah, do that. So, that's why I was saying, even if you take out the impact, I can't think of anything else where you, on the low end, on the low end, 2500 on the low end, the average price is twenty five hundred. I ain't charged that in twenty five hundred to five grand. I ain't charged that in a long time, right? So, so being that that's the low end, like to get that really quickly, like one of my guys, Chris, I don't know if he would mind me sharing, but bro, he's gonna do two hundred thousand this year. Mm. Yeah, well, one of my guys, Sin, he got. Huh? Had you meet him before? Like where before he was two hundred thousand. Before that, where was he? Uh, he fifteen hundred. I got a video I can show you right now on my phone. I don't know if you can mix in the podcast. My man said, "Bro, you changed my life." He got his first ten thousand dollar speaking engagement. No, okay. when did did you connect with him when he was making what fifteen hundred? Yeah, he was. He couldn't get past that fifteen hundred dollar yeah. mark. And so when I showed my video to the one, I was like, "Oh, boo, that's cool." 
I was like, he a little extra. She's like, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. You know what I'm saying? Don't make it seem like 10000 like when we first, our first $10,000 check, like don't act like you wasn't in tears. I said, oh, you're right. <laughs> She's like, don't, you know what I'm saying? She's like, don't be acting 